hello, and welcome to Things That Make You Go Woo. I'm your host, Emily Barnard, also known as Emily and Her Stars. I'm a medium, an astrologist, an Akashic Records reader, an artist, and an all-around just silly and curious gal. In this podcast, I'll be sharing the things and people I find fascinating, funny, and inspirational. Things that I hope will certainly make you go woo, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. To me, the dog days of summer are those late summer days so devastatingly hot that even the dogs are panting in the air conditioning. I lived in the desert southwest of the United States for 20 years, and I can tell you August and September can be unbearably hot. In fact, when my husband and I decided to get married on the 28th of September in 2002, it ended up being a 98 degree day. That's 36.7 Celsius. No bride expects her candles to melt at a fall wedding without even being lit. Many people today use the phrase dog days of summer to describe the hottest, most uncomfortable part of summer in the Northern Hemisphere. The point where we have reached fatigue with mowing the lawn, tending to the garden, and we're ready to withdraw indoors for a little football and winter hibernation. We reach the same point in late winter when we can't bear the thought of shoveling any more snow and we just want to be in the garden. Sometimes I think we should call that the cat days of winter. (laughs) I don't know. Life's funny that way. Anyway, where did the term dog days of summer originate? Was it a late summer heat wave when all the dogs suddenly went mad from lack of rain? The phrase has been used in the English language for about the past 500 years after being translated from Latin. The Greeks used the term, but they were far from the true originators of the expression. For that, we need to travel further back to ancient Egypt, to be exact. Here, the use of Hellenistic astrology, named for the Hellenistic period in which it emerged, was the first real recorded use of a star being used to mark the time of a drought or excessive heat. Astrology was passed all over the Mediterranean region between the Egyptians and the Greeks, who both used it to predict weather, war, and even births. As adamant watchers of the sky, the ancient Egyptians were some of the very first to document and live by these yearly planetary phenomenons. One of these was called a heliacal rising, or a star rise. This is the point when a star or planet first becomes visible above the eastern horizon just before sunrise, and the particular star that emerged in late July was attributed to the goddess Saptit. Her partner, Sa, arose ahead of her, and together they birthed the planet Venus, or Lord of the East. In today's terminology, I'm referring to the star Sirius and her husband, the constellation of Orion. When the star priestess Sopta arose in this late summer sky, the annual flooding of the Nile miraculously appeared, and she was regarded as the bringer of the new year and the goddess of fertility. Now, across the Mediterranean, the star went by another name, Sirius, based on the Greek word Sirios, meaning glowing or scorching. 
Here, Sirius is known informally as the Dog Star because of its location and the constellation of Canis, which, if you don't know, is considered to be Orion's dog. The Greeks even recorded their belief that the return of Sirius to the sky was responsible for bringing heat and fever with it. It was associated with sudden thunderstorms, women apparently drunken on wine were feeling extra aroused, men were supposedly feeling too weak to tell them no, food spoiled, people couldn't sleep, dogs get feisty. It was rough. <laughs> In Homer's Iliad, there's a a portion where he talks about how Achilles is going to approach the city of Troy and he's going to slay Hector. And I'm just going to read a little bit from it because I think it really describes their feeling about Sirius. Priam saw him first with his old man's eyes, a single point of light on Troy's dusty plain. Sirius rises late in the dark liquid sky on summer nights, star of stars, Orion's dog, they call it, brightest of all, but an evil portent, bringing heat and fevers to suffering humanity. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were a fan. The rising of Sirius during this period has been calculated to be approximately the 19th of July. And writing about this same time period is Hesiod, who actually considered the worst and hottest part of summer to be the days before Sirius returned to the night sky. This is the point where Sirius was invisible from the earth, but it was apparently understood to still be in the sky, augmenting the power of the sun. And Hesiod writes this, When the piercing power and sultry heat of the sun abate, and almighty Zeus sends the autumn rains, and men's flesh comes to feel far easier. For then the star Sirius passes over the heads of men who are born to misery only a little while by day and takes greater share of night. Then, when it showers its leaves to the ground and stops sprouting, the wood you cut with your axe is least likely to worm. <laughs> this guy didn't care for summer, kind of like me. <laughs> When Sirius emerged in the sky, it became a time connected, obviously, with heat, drought, sudden thunderstorms, lethargy, fever, bad luck. Some ancient Greeks and Romans even believed that the heat from the incredibly bright star of Sirius actually is what caused the hot weather during those sweltering days. See, the ancients understood that when Sirius emerged in the sky, it became a time to connect with heat drought, sudden thunderstorms, lethargy, fever, mad dogs, and even bad luck. Some ancient Greeks and Romans believed that heat from the incredibly bright Sirius actually caused the hot weather during the most sweltering days. They thought that the combined light and heat from the dog star with the sun had a strong effect on everything from plants to animals to humans and even dogs. In fact, it was said that dogs would show more aggression or go mad during this time, and dog attacks on humans seemed to increase. So did the Greeks actually get that right? Are the dog days around when Sirius arises really the hottest days of the year? Well, yes and no. Although July, August, and September are generally known as the hottest months of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, and the hottest period can vary from year to year, and depending on your latitude, 
The astronomical dog days come at different times. Although Sirius is the brightest proper star in the night sky, it is 8.7 light years away from Earth and has no effect whatsoever on the planet's weather or temperature. Although the star continues to return to the night sky in late summer, its position continues to gradually shift relative to the sun and will rise eventually in the middle of the winter. So for instance, in Athens this year, Sirius will arise around the middle of August. Farther south, it'll happen early in the year. Farther north, it'll happen later. And why this happens? Well, our rotation around the top of the Earth wobbles slightly. And this throws things off in the long run. In 26,000 years, the dog days would completely move all the way around the sky. And about 13,000 years from now, Sirius will be rising with the sun in midwinter, <laughs> right? Oh, yes, the dog days of winter, when it's so cold that even the dogs lie around the fire trying to stay warm. So our calendar is fixed according to certain events, but the stars have shifted according to the way the Earth wobbles. In approximately 50 or so years, the sky shifts about one degree. This means that the dog days of ancient Greece aren't really the dog days of today. And several millennia from now, the astrological event won't even occur during the summer. Now, it's also possible that Rock, not the wrestler who's so handsome, but the legendary medieval patron saint of dogs, who's celebrated by the Catholic Church on the 16th of August, also owes some of his legacy to the dog days of summer. You see, St. Rock was the patron saint of dogs, invalids, falsely accused people, bachelors, and several other things. Now, according to his golden legend, he was born at Montpelier on the border of France, the son of a noble governor of that city. Even his birth was accounted as a miracle, for his mother had been barren until she prayed to the Virgin Mary. Miraculously marked from birth with a red cross on his chest that grew as he did, he was seen as so devout that when his mother fasted twice a week, he himself fasted and abstained from eating from her, but only once a day. When his parents died later, he distributed all his worldly goods among the poor like Francis of Assisi, even though his father on his deathbed had essentially ordained him the governor of Montpelier and set him up for life. Then the plague hits and Rock decides to go to Italy and he's super diligent in tending to the sick at the public hospitals and is even said to have affected many miraculous cures by prayer and the sign of the cross and the touch of his hand. But eventually he finally fell ill and he was expelled from town, withdrew into the forest where he made himself a hut of boughs and leaves and here yet another miracle occurs when he's miraculously supplied with water by a spring that arose in the very place where he built his hut. He honestly would have died had a dog belonging to a nobleman not come and supplied him with bread and licked his wounds. And here you have his connection to dogs. After being discovered by the hunting dog's owner, he continued to heal until he eventually returned to his birth city of Montpelier, where he was unfortunately arrested as a spy and thrown into prison, where he languished for five more years, plague-free, but died on the 16th of August in 1327. 
So you see, celebrating St. Rock in the middle of August and his connection to dogs also reiterates the connection of summer and dogs and heat. As humans, we have been griping about the weather as far back as written history reaches, and the dog days were an important time for everyone. Civilization has long credited the objects in the sky with the influence over the earth and its inhabitants. If it's not the dog star cursing you with sultry summer heat and madness, it's the full moon driving you to lunacy, right? Poor celestial bodies just can't seem to win. So as you enjoy these last days of summer, just give a shout out to Orion and its dog star Sirius. Have a great one, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Things That Make You Go Woo. You can help me out by leaving a positive rating and a review wherever you downloaded this episode. Be sure and follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Emily and Her Stars. You can also reach out via email anytime, emilyandherstars at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Things That Make You Go Woo.